Well, I'm back. Another episode of the podcast. It's the wrestling edition. I'm the podfather, your host, Darren. I am joined again. Once again, he's back. He's better than ever. He's got a knack for making things better. It is the one, the only, Aaron Montgomery. Aaron, welcome back to the podcast. How's it going, man? You good? I am great. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yourself? How's life? Yeah, life's all right. Just uh, sitting here started SummerSlam it's just about to begin so I can't really Slam. complain too much no yeah I'm, I'm well behind <laughs> <laughs> starting Survivor Series sorry my bad well we're, we're watching it live it's on mute because we'd rather hear each other than hear Michael Cole so that's true I, th- I think it's I think it's definitely a, a better for me anyway I, I'd much rather hear your voice than Michael's voice spot oh, to be totally honest so nice yeah. see him yeah. <laughs> I don't think he even meant that. <laughs> You're my Byron. <laughs> of all people. <laughs> I wish I could be Vic Joseph instead, but hey, here we are. Match predictions, Spud. We're going to go through this card at Survivor Series. I think going by what happened on the pre-show, uh, which you had an incredible correct prediction of not even just who would winning, but how they would win and right away what would happen as soon as certain things happen <laughs> you're right on the money with Miz winning the battle royal um, pointless battle royal the pointless battle royal I mean not even yes. a, a title shot at either show's perspective champion at the next B-list pay-per-view nothing just it gets raw one up on the board for nice. the Miz who was more than happy to be pointing to his raw shirt despite spending the last two years on Smackdown <laughs> but we'll just forget about that he had any time on Smackdown <laughs> And he bleeds red. Well, he does bleed red. L- literally, he does. <laughs> <laughs> well, and for all intents and purposes, here comes the team captain of Raw, AJ Styles. We're starting things off with the traditional men's five-on-five Survivor Series match. AJ Styles with... Is that almost? Is that how that's pronounced? I love the I captains. Almost. Almost. I, lo- I love the captains The captain's um, sticker on AJ's jacket. It's. Oh, yeah. AJ Styles, Spud, we've got the men's 505 Survivor Series elimination match. AJ, Keith Lee, my friend Seamus, Braun Strowman, and crazy no shoes wearing Matt Riddle against Team not SmackDown. No you love Matt it, Riddle. do you? No, no Matt. It's just Riddle now. You're not allowed to call him Matt. Oh, it's banned? Is he just Riddle? I mean, what if, imagine it's just came, Riddle. Just Riddle. Here comes the Riddler. You know, like I'm just waiting yeah. for that joke coming out. Um, SmackDown, we've got KO, JSO, I'm going to say Baron Corbin because he's been King Corbin for like two years now. And it's boring. Seth Rollins and Otis. So who have you got? What's what's your thoughts on this one? Um, It's not a great one, is it? It's kind of a it's a mishmash of people. Let me think. Well, it, it, basically, I've got Raw just because of who I'm picking for the, the women's one. I think the women's... Uh, elimination thing is going to be Smackdown so I think they'll give the men the raw I'm actually, I hate Riddle I'm, I'm the opposite of you I think this one will go um, Smackdown and I think the women will go raw um, mm. but oh, for example on this one the reason why I think raw in this team anyway are more stacked than Smackdown if you look at like who's who and 
I think that Raw will implode and that'll cost Raw. And I think that's the story that we'll go with is my prediction for this one. I think uh, pretty much the exact same, but the opposite. Um, I think Baron Corbin will get Stone Cold Stunnered or KO Stunnered because they had a wee interaction during the pre-show. Um, JSO's head's not in it and all that rubbish. Um, I think I saw Rikishi, by the way, in the pre-show talking to JSO, so he might make an appearance. Oh, that'd be fun. Um, that would be fun. But, yeah, I've got Raw for this one. I love Keith Lee. Will Keith Lee be the winner for Raw? Will Raw have a number of people left standing? Maybe the whole team, perhaps? Could they go down that route? Um, or who will be the sole survivor? I know they like going these sole survivor routes. Well, who else is in it? It's uh, Keith Lee, Riddle, Sheamus is out. Um, Big Braun and AJ. Braun. Um, I think it's going to be... Keith Lee and Braun will be the two left on Raw and they'll square up after the match. There's a prediction. Why not? Is it a spoiler, though? We'll soon find out. (laughs) Uh, The women's five-on-five, we talked about it. You think Raw will win that one? No, I think SmackDown. You think SmackDown will win that one? And you think the opposite. I forgot forgot Bianca Belair's now in SmackDown and not Raw. I might have to change my my pick here. Because I think she'll yeah, run that's riot. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly one of the reasons why. I think the whole build-up uh, has been Lana turning on Nia Jax and costing it and putting Nia Jax through a table somehow. And then she'll walk out in her team. And I think Soul Survivor will be Belair. I agree. Easy. I agree with him changing my pick because I thought she was on Raw. Bianca Belair and Team SmackDown are going to win this one. Uh, with yes. you on that one. The US title versus the Intercontinental title. I'm going with someone that I've loved this year when he's been around, Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn too. Uh, Retribution will come in in some way and distract... Uh, who is it, Bobby? Distract Bobby Lashley for the never-ending feud that they've been having. Retribution yeah. and Hurt Business. Never said Hurt Locker, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sami Zayn, every day of the week. Tag team titles. We got the New Day versus the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, your favourite tag team of all time, the Street Profits. Who have we got on this one? Street Profits. And I don't hate the Street Profits. They're starting to grate on me a wee bit. I hate most I hate most of Street Profits because he's the bigger one. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I probably hate about 58% of the Street Profits. Now I'm bumping it up. But I think that will be... I actually think that will be match of the night. I think it will steal the show. You've got four really athletic, uh, charismatic, well, you have three, and uh, that guy that I always forget the name of. Um, So, yeah, Street Profits. I'm going to go with the New Day on this one. The New Day? Day? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it could go either way. Like I said, I think it will be close, and it will be a handshake after the match and all that. I think it's kind of like a... I'm thinking of it like a passing of the torch almost to the Street Profits. So... Yeah, that's yeah. where I'm going. I mean, certainly the, the the New Day don't need this win. It's almost it's one of those wins they could just lose and it's fine. No one really gets hurt with this type of this type of result. But I do think the New Day for me will win this one. Um, be interested to see if Big E is at ringside or what's going on with that. Given the whole thing on SmackDown, could there be a potential? Street Profits and heel turn, Big E, something crazy like that. I probably don't think so. I think there's too much other stuff that could happen in tonight's show, and that would be a, he- a headlining thing. 
Um, what happened it, on SmackDown? I didn't <clears throat> see it. Like, was there like rumblings that he might turn on New Day or whatever? Not so I much rum- not so much rumblings that he would um, turn on New Day, but the New Day um, came out to make the save, but they were late out to make the save. Um, the Street Profits were out previous before the New Day to make the save yeah. and help Big E. So it was like, oh, what's going on with the New Day and Big E? That the Street Profits were there first. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Wait a minute. Like, is Big E not on the show? I don't think so. I don't think he's on the card. That's why I think um, he could, there could be some sort of Big E factor in this match. But yeah, he, I, wasn't I, even, he wasn't even in the Pointless Battle Royal. It's a good shout. So, yeah, no, that's a good shout, man. The only thing that puts me off it is, I think, because of the whole Roman and Drew thing, there's going to have to be some sort of angle there. Um, and there's going to be some mad angles and several angles in this match this men's <laughs> tag team so I'm, all, I'm just thinking will they pull the trigger on anything regarding Big E and the New Day and stuff like that all on the same card I don't know and that's where I'm dubious but you said it could be match of the night could be I think Oscar and Banks will be match of the night um, oh I forgot about those two and I have Banks going over in this one <sighs> you're a mug I am a mug. I'm, I'm, I'm more thinking. I'm thinking the same as you, but I'm thinking it being like botched interference. Carmella comes out. It's been one time too many. Banks reads it. She nails Oscar. Banks gets the pin. Oscar beats up Carmella. Something like that is where I'm. My head's at. See, a hundred percent. I get where you're coming from. It could be botched, but she'll still get the distraction in the roll up. I guarantee it. Oscar is gonna take this with the distraction from Carmella. And like I texted you earlier, Rhea Ripley will come out and uh, it'll set up Asuka versus Rhea Ripley. And Rhea Ripley will win the title at the Royal Rumble. And then Charlotte will come back and they'll have a rematch at WrestleMania. There's a, fantasy booking for That's you. a massive shite. That is a massive, massive shite. And it's actually a not a bad shite. shite. That's like half a year's worth of a shite there. So yeah. write that down. And normally I, I don't really like um, when some of the NXT biggest stars come up to the main rosters are normally utilised badly but she's been utilised so badly at NXT this year that I kind of hope she does come up because they can't really do anything worse than what they've done with Rhea Ripley this year yeah no uh, I love her so she needs to be up and there's nobody on Raw really that can go with Asuka yeah. you know like I think they've had a match haven't they Rhea Ripley and Asuka or, no I don't think they have no actually. I don't think so because she would have been out of NXT when she was starting up. Um, yeah. No, that's a good match. Yeah, no, 100%. I'd have that every day. That's great. I'm, I'm, yeah, no, I'm excited. If it happens, if it doesn't, oh. I know. Well, we'll see what happens. I hope you're right. I think it'll be good, good writing, good booking. Um, ironically, um, as we're predicting the show of Survivor Series, with one match left to predict, we're still waiting on the men's battle roll starting as people are taking their time coming out here. But. Um, Seth Rollins is coming out so slow I thought it was The Undertaker but sad looking he is he's sad he's hurt he's carrying knocks from Smackdown you know all this I think he's due some time off I think with um, his missus about to pop um, yeah I saw that so I wouldn't be surprised to see him be written out of this somehow mm. but um, up next spot our last match to predict or preview Newly crowned WWE Champion Drew McIntyre versus Universal Champion Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman. I think I think everybody's money's on Roman. Um, could it be a no contest? Could it be some screw finish? Could it be some craziness? What, what's your What's your thoughts on this one? 
the sexiest match in WWE history. This is going to be <laughs> two big beefy boys. This is like Vince McMahon's wet dream. Um, it's right. If it hadn't have been Undertaker's final, final farewell, I think we've had about 18 farewells for the Undertaker. So this is definitely the last promise. That's going to go on last, I think. There's going to be something happen. Maybe The Fiend. I don't know. But um, that's if this match that we're trying to predict had it went on last as a main event, you couldn't end it in a double DQ, double count out, uh, because that's annoying. You don't want to end your match or your pay-per-view like that. With The Undertaker coming out at the end, like I'm predicting, it's going to be a double. There's no winner. You cannot beat either of these two. Remember the last podcast where I'm like, do not, don't have these two like, facing each other. <laughs> yeah, keep them apart for for a while. Keep them apart for a year. Give Drew a good year run where he doesn't get pinned. Let Roman do Roman and then put them together. Yeah, do you know what, actually? I, it made me feel good because a couple of days after I says, right, Neil's going to laugh. Um, this could be as big as like the Rock and Austin if they keep them apart. I think I said something along those lines. Yeah. And uh, a couple of days later, uh, Triple H was doing an interview and says they've got the potential, the potential to be like a Flair versus Hulk Hogan. And I'm like, right, so he knows he's high up in the company, I'm pretty sure, Triple H. So maybe he's got like some say. And then like two weeks later, you know, we're just where we are and they're going to fight and have – they always have good matches, to be fair to them. But I just don't see the point in having them have this match. Yeah, I think there's going to. Yeah, I totally agree. This soon, plus I think there's going to be so many storylines and angles coming out of this pay per view. It's an unneeded addition, in my opinion. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, you could have done. Wouldn't have been as good a match, but like I said, it's probably not going to main event. But Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns, um, have Reigns go over easy bumps. You know, just boom, boom. But this just throws a wrench in the works that they didn't really need to throw. So I'm going double DQ or double count out, something along those lines. But no winner, no out and out winner. Yeah, I think you're going to have like the Fiends being floating around that title scene. Um, the Miz is potentially cashing in. Orton floating around. You could see some craziness sort of going on and some like sort of, as you say, some sort of screwy finish or no DQ or some sort of thing that won't really hurt anyone um, along those lines. But you, you said something there that made me laugh. You sort of said that it's Vince McMahon's wet dream this match. Um, yeah. This is the match that he thought Diesel and Psycho Sid would be in 1995. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> He's finally I mean, got it. It's it's finally, finally going to happen. But, I mean, it's, they're too big. Like I said, it's the sexiest match in history. Um, it's going to be a good match, but I just think it's a pointless one and kind of blowing, <laughs> blowing it a bit too quick. So, not for me, but hopefully it's a good match, but no winner. No contest. No contest. Taker to appear. And if Taker appears at some stage, which which he is, it's already been sort of announced that there's something to do with Undertaker on tonight's show, will Kane be here? Will Kane show up? Yes, he's already been like announced has he i didn't know that okay there was me thinking oh what could, could be <laughs> oh, i should have just played it no yeah um, well, we got stuff spot on here <laughs> no sure they announced a load of his his mates i think it's just going to be like sort of uh 
do you know like Ric Flair's where he cried for like an hour on Raw yeah on his like retirement I think it's going to be that everybody around the ring uh, not wearing masks and uh, the Undertaker as old as he is coming out that's about 20 minutes on his entrance alone and then you know it's just Kane's going to be there I think Papa Shango Godfather's going to be there there's going to be a couple of weird ones so it's setting itself up it's not a main event unless something happens that's why I'm saying you know maybe the fiend comes out there takes the torch rather than gets past it I don't know or Orton for another legend killer if he's going to keep that going who knows do you think it, it's there's been the, the Undertaker himself has done a lot of media this week about retiring and things like that and this is where it sort of gets a bit more you know we're just sort of predicting or guessing perhaps if he really is going to retire that whole thing is peddled and with the you mentioned the fiend and stuff like that could they potentially be setting up fiend and taker at mania and we're all just duped um yes but yeah you do i, I just the, the, the amount of media undertaker's do, doing this week and he usually doesn't made me think otherwise and the fact he done those cameo things and stuff which he's never done before made me think otherwise but maybe i'm just naive and it is all about the money and wrestlemania and the buy rates and fences convinced him to do another one at mania with 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 wyatt perhaps have you seen how much the uh cameos are i think they were a grand were they a grand he's doing 30 so he's doing a limited amount of 30 um he's doing them all after this event uh, from what i've read oh seth rollins has just sacrificed himself get it <laughs> bye right um <laughs> sorry uh, so he's doing 30 for 30 years so that's 30 grand easy that he's made he's on tiktok now mate i think i've seen something along those lines he's uh, on tiktok it's him and his uh, uh michelle mccool are doing tiktoks now so mystique is exactly out the window he said um that he doesn't want to do any more cinematic matches in an interview recently so that probably sets him up to do one at wrestlemania yeah yeah, so potentially we could be seeing a Taker Wyatt rematch at Mania, or they'll probably not even touch on the first match and just pretend it's Taker versus the Fiend, as if we've never seen it before. But yeah. um, it, it is what it is, and I I also think there'll be some something alongside the Taker thing tonight. I don't see it as just being Taker coming out, setting the urn in the middle of the ring, leaving the hat, you know, like he did at Mania, and walking away, and everyone's like, okay, that's the end. I think there's something more to it. Um, but speaking of um, and that'll be, a, that'll be a major moment in Survivor Series in fairness if it is his last thing it'll be Taker's last sort of time showing up oh there's big steam train Braun <laughs> he's uh, it would be a bookend to the career like I actually I'm pretty sure in the Undertaker uh, podcast that we did uh, the very tumultuous Undertaker podcast <laughs> um, I predicted that he would retire officially at Survivor Series but the closer I'm getting to it the more that I see of him um, I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to build it around kind of like what AJ did, where he's like, Mark Calloway, Mark Calloway, um, you're <laughs> you're on Instagram, you're on your wife's Instagram. I think it's going to go that way, where Bray Wyatt's doing Firefly Funhouses and just uh, saying, oh, you're not like the old Undertaker and blah, blah, blah. I don't know, maybe not. Maybe he will just stay retired, but I can't see it happening next time they go to Saudi Arabia or something. Yeah, I mean, was it Shawn Michaels was on record saying he just, when he retired, he wanted to stay retired, but he goes, you can't turn down three million. 
for one match. He goes, it's just mad. He goes, you have to take it, and that's that's just it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a shame. Like that was an awful match, but three million, three million. I'd yeah. do anything for three million, Darren. I would yeah. do anything. <laughs> <laughs> would you get into the ring with Keith Lee and Otis R for three million? <laughs> I would. I would do. I'd be the referee right in between them. I wouldn't care. Three million. They can beat the living daylights out of me. Near swore. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we go. We're getting it right now. We're getting Otis and Keith Lee, the the traditional the survivor. Yeah, the, the, tra- we to see. <laughs> the traditional survivor series. Let's put the two big men in. Everyone wants to see two big men push each other about. Lads, come on. Um, there's Vince. You know, this is this is Vince all over. Get the two big men in to to push each other about for a while. These aren't the the big guys that he likes. You'd think they would give Otis a shirt that fits him. I know, I know, to try and cover it up a little bit. It's almost like they're playing on the fact that he's carrying a lot of weight. It's almost, like, contradictory because they made Keith Lee cover up. <laughs> I was actually thinking that with Keith Lee. I'm like, I was like, they kind of made Keith Lee cover up because they thought he was carrying a bit of weight, but he actually looks all right compared to Otis. And even even well, Kevin yeah. Owens, even Kevin Owens, the guy Kevin Owens purposely wears a t-shirt because he doesn't like going to the gym. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, Kevin Owens is looking a wee bit slimmer than usual, um, but like you said, it's comparison to Otis, and I'm not a fan of Otis. I don't see where he goes. Is this just it? He just dances about for the rest of his career, or like, what's he do now? <laughs> yeah, I thought that I thought breaking up the tag team was crazy, just because at least even if he was sort of dancing around and going nowhere, you you have a generic mid card tag team that can just go in and help put tag teams over, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. There's, there's the team on the card; they don't have to be anything crazy and special. They're just there. They do a job. They could be the Bushwhackers. They could be the new Bushwhackers. They were all just dancing about. Never really got a tag team title run. Just do that. You don't yeah. always need, especially a comedy gimmick like this. And poor Tucky is just a jobber now. Have you seen him since? Yeah, I did. I, see, I seen him. He actually there was actually a bit of a crazy tweet thing came out about, about Tucker, but um, he was. He was on that was on some crazy angle on Raw recently, and some fan tweeted it'd be like this will be the last time we see of Tucker until he's future endeavoured, and he actually <laughs> responded to the guy and was like, "Come on, dude, I actually have a family, and this is actually a job, and we need to get paid. Like, calm down." <laughs> it is sad, like, but the, I mean, he's he's right. <laughs> <laughs> he's, I know it's like the poor guy he was the athletic one, but he wasn't fat or funny enough, so it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't really have. But, um, it was like he was slightly like he could do a bit more than Tucker in terms of athleticism, but he had nothing really going for him in terms of charisma or comedic comedy. Yeah, no, it's a shame, but you know you have to. Every Shawn Michaels needs a Marty Jannetty, and the <laughs> fact that Otis is the Shawn Michaels is insane. <laughs> so, yeah, nah, not fussed on him. No, well, you've mentioned you mentioned Shawn Michaels there, and I have to ask. We're going to talk no. about some quick... No, not the screw job. I'm, I'm throwing it over to you. Um, we're going to talk about everything but the screw job. Um, Survivor Series memories. Shawn Michaels has had some crazy ones. Obviously, the screw job is one. There's the Elimination Chamber in 2002. There's the match around the Orton. I think it was seven. Um, a couple of big moments for Shawn Michaels at Survivor Series. Um, any favourite memories of yours from maybe not just Shawn Michaels, but Survivor Series in general? Um... I mean, the couple that you said there, I liked um, the Elimination Chamber. That was different. It was kind of like War Games Plus. Um, and I liked it. He, I, I 
my favorite memory of Survivor Series is Shawn Michaels' look in 2002 with the brown chocolate like pants that he wore things, yeah. and his, his little bob. He had like a bob haircut, but that was a feel-good moment uh, when he won that. Uh, he actually had a really good match with Sid at Survivor right, Series. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm going more Shawn Michaels' route just because... Oh, uh, the uh, elimination match for Austin, Team Austin. That's right, 2003. That was brilliant. Yeah, the storytelling, that was, that was so good. Really, really amazing because they had the history and whatever, and like Austin respected him after. It was kind of, it was really cool. Um, yeah, what about you? Like... Um, any the, matches or anything jump out? The O2 one always jumps out because two reasons. One, it was the first ever Elimination Chamber and that first ever one, it was actually brutal. Like it was proper like metal and the prop, the chains and the steel and stuff. It wasn't, you know, like some of the later ones and I'm not trying to sound harsh to the, maybe the guys that are involved in the Elimination Chamber nowadays, but you know, it's very like perspexy glass and, there's almost like a cover over the steel on the outside and stuff like that. Whereas back then it was proper horrific and was a Triple H had his throat crushed by a, a Rob Van Dam five star that went wrong. Okay. Um, Shawn Michaels got his moment. It was actually ruined for me because I taped it the night before and when I stuck the tape on, um, instead of, well, I usually stuck the tape on hit rewind, but whenever I stuck it in, it just played and it was the closing segment of Shawn with the belt in the air and I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm so far ruined it. and then I went back to the very start and if I don't know if you remember the very start of that virus series there was a six man tag and Rico completely just butchered. oh is that Jeff yeah Jeff where's Jeff Hardy standing top yes. rope for 10 minutes yeah uh, yeah he like there was like a blood stain or something he like messed his hand up or something going through a table yeah, uh, Rico some... like messed his face up, something along those lines. But yeah, remember that weirdly. Why is that stuck in my head? I, I haven't seen I that. I just remember he was on the top rope for a good you know thirty seconds, and you could audibly hear him screaming, "Where's Jeff Hardy?" And then all of a sudden, Jeff appears and pushes him off the top rope. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it's like, oh come on, come on. That was always a funny moment. My favorite Survivor Series is one I watched recently. I actually watched it a couple of days ago. It's Survivor Series '98. Um, just a lot of fun like if you actually watch it back none of the matches were particularly good in terms of like in-ring quality you weren't going oh that was a classic but the overriding storytelling throughout the night there was the theme the whole way through the night i love tournaments and i love tournaments that are all done on one night i just think it creates more like oh what's going to happen here um they made a big deal of you know announcing before every match that this this match is a 10 minute time limit and the commentary team were very good at pushing oh, they're going to come out of the blocks flying. Nobody's going to be, like, methodically trying to break anyone down. It's going to be a free-for-all. And I just liked it the whole way through. thought it was good. Rock's first WWF title win, or was WWF at the time, WWF world title win at the time. Yeah, um, that's my favourite as well, just because, like you said, about the storytelling. Could have done without the screw job kind of homage at the end. <laughs> um, yeah. There was also, you said you watched it, did you see the the star of the show's big boss big boss man? Yeah, it was the big boss man show. Um, it was, uh, and he did the where he threw the nightstick. Yeah, and the rock caught it. That could have messed up so easily. That's one of my favorite like rock moments. Weirdly, he just plucks it out of the air. It's perfect timing. And when you watch it back, it's kind of like you know watching Fight Club back, and you realize all the little things that you missed, something like that. 
uh, when you watch uh, Survivor Series, but you start noticing it's like, oh yeah, Big Boss Man get pinned straight away uh, by The Rock. They were all just building up to The Rock. Really loved it. Good storytelling. Um, my favorite Survivor Series as well. Yeah. No Survivor Series match as well, was it? Yeah, true. No Survivor Series match, and it wasn't missed. And I'm not saying that they're particularly bad idea or bad concept, but um, I, I'm a huge. I, I hate gimmicky stuff like i hate like every year there's a gimmick hell in the cell pay-per-view i even i think if there's a survivor series traditional match it needs to make sense like in 97 you had the whole heart foundation and you had the four guys in, a, in an elimination match you know it made sense um whereas it felt you know sometimes like this is just all sort of thrown together like oh we have to face team smackdown like let's just shove everyone together you know i i like it if there's a purpose behind a match not just let's go for bragging rights that don't actually mean anything and then tomorrow night on Raw we're all fighting each other because we all want the title I can't I know what you mean it's very lazy um storytelling wise I mean they've done this for the past like four or five years just best of the best it's the only time that Smackdown and Raw face each other except Wrestlemania Royal Rumble like they always (laughs) (laughs) it's literally they face each other all the time but yeah I I mean, it is very lazy. Like you said, way back in the day, you used to have, like, gimmicky, like, any gimmicks that were similar would team up together. Like, there was the Warriors and the Road Warrior and Ultimate Warrior and stuff like that would all team together. All the good guys would team together against the bad guys. That's simple, like, but it meant something and it was part of storylines. These guys are just fighting each other. So uh, I know exactly what you mean. It's kind of missed. And there was a long time where they didn't really do it. Um, oh, uh, Alliance versus Team WWE is a pretty good one as well. It is, yeah. It's probably it's probably the best one. If looking back, in my memory anyway, it's the one that stands out the most in terms of you know the quality in the match. Albeit you know kind of knew who was winning because all the marbles were on the line type thing. But um, who so, would you put in? Right. See, obviously because at I'm that time period. Be... Right. So you've got Team WWE. <clears throat> five on five with wcw but i'm pretty sure kurt angle and stone cold and shane mcmahon were in wcw weren't they in yeah, the team i think it was it um was it the dudleys no that was the that was invasion. invasion so let me check two seconds right so i think it was was it i think it was booker t shane right. austin yep. angle and rvd yeah, good shot. Yeah, that's bang on. And then uh, WWE had Jericho, Taker, Kane, Show, and Big Show, jeez, and yeah. The Rock. So if you had, like, right, Triple H was out during the whole thing, say, like, oh, did they win? Have they won? I think they've won, and they've won without losing the person. Jeez, right, okay. Well, that's me one up. <laughs> <laughs> right, Um, sorry. Did I say Raw? I think you did. I, I said... I don't know. I can't remember anymore. I thought Raw would implode. I don't even. I don't even remember. I don't even remember anymore. But I because you got it wrong. Because you got it wrong. Uh, Probably. Uh, (laughs) What I'm saying is right. Obviously, they didn't have all the big guys from WCW. But in a perfect world, what would be your five-on-five WCW versus WWF if that happened and they paid all the money for the contracts and whatnot? I think you go. Hogan, Goldberg, Sting automatically, or your th- or three. Mm-hmm. Um, Ric Flair would go in, mm-hmm. and 
the last one, I don't know. DDP was huge in WCW, but I think because of his how not so much poor, but how mid card he was with WWE, people kind of forget about his main event status in in WCW. But I also feel like you could put Nash in, but if you put Nash in, you kind of have to put Hall in, and then does that take out Flair? I don't know. I, I've got my big three. Those big three automatically go in, and then from there, my other two, I'm toying with DDP, and toying with Ric Flair. I think Flair has to go in. But... Yeah, he's Mr. WCW. I would say Flair, Goldberg, Sting, Hogan, and then, I mean, Booker T's a good shite. Just yeah. keeping him in. And this is, like I said, without... ECW guys because the only people worth sort of considering are the Dudleys and RVD I would sort of think from that side so yeah. um, just full WCW I would go pretty much the exact same there's an argument for Nash and Hall I think so too um, but I think you have to get them both in and if you do then you, one of the four Flair, Sting Hogan and Goldberg has to go yeah uh, yeah, no, that's that's actually good. And then Scott Steiner as well. You know, you had loads of little like blips where people were on top for it. Jeff Jarrett. Here, here's <laughs> one for you. Here's I'm going to ask you a controversial one. Ooh. If it had been in 2001 and had he not been injured and being out with the injury that ended up retiring him, would Bret Hart have got in the WCW team based on the storytelling alone? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that could that could round out your your five because I mean we know you've read his book. He wouldn't have came um, for any money. Oh, you could have Rey Mysterio for WCW as well. Yeah, there's quite a few, Just, isn't there? Now you're yeah. now we're thinking about it. Yeah, no, but um, storytelling wise, a hundred percent because that's where I'm going. If you had Nash Hall, they're both ex WWE. Hulk Hogan's obviously WWE, and then Bret Hart. So there's four guys, and then you have Ric Flair sort of running out. It's all ex WWE guys, yeah. sort of facing against that. I like that. Oh, here's New Day and their Gears of War stuff. Yeah. Here, Big E's with them. Yeah, Big E, Big E's with them, and he's carrying Is the he belt. Is he just back? No Have they just give up because they're they're going to be in Gears of War five? You've heard this, yeah. Yeah, I have, yeah. I don't know whether they've went, oh, no, we've, we've missed a trick here in terms of the promotion and the money, so maybe they've just thrown them all go. back together again. I have no idea. There's your advert for it, anyway. But, um, yeah, so who's on the WWF side, sorry? Well, it was WWF background, so, yeah, I'm keeping it. You got, you have, well, that team itself was Rock, Jericho, Kane, Taker, and Angle. No, it wasn't Angle. I, Taker Big and Big Show. Show. I think Big Show goes... Sadly, um, and either Jericho or Kane probably go. But at that particular time, two thousand and one, Kane was huge. Yeah. So I think I don't know, um, because you have you have to put Austin. In. Well, you uh, have to have Austin. You have to have Rock, and you have to have Taker. Yeah. There's your big three on the other side. Yeah. And then it's Kane, Angle, Triple H if he was healthy. Yeah. Jericho. That stuff. Jericho, yeah. I think Jericho I mean, Big Show would miss out, to be honest, whenever you start considering yeah. Angle, Kane, and... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. But that'd be an interesting one. And if you were doing that one, who would you have win? And if it oh, was... Yeah, I'm not talking in a winner-take-all match, just in a one-off match. If, if you were building into the next WrestleMania, I'd probably go WCW, just to build it into the next Mania. 
Well, the fact that they did the invasion on WWF one, it would make sense. But this was like a winner take all. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this was. But then it could have been because the storyline wasn't going too well. It could, it was probably going to last until the next WrestleMania. Um, I'd have here. Why not? I'd have Ric Flair as manager of the team then, and just have Vince on the other side. So that would set up them at Mania or whatever. Um, and it gives you another space. Because I think in Team WWF, you probably need Vince McMahon in there somewhere. <laughs> I know. I, do you know what I mean? Like, if you were actually, it's kind of like the uh, Mount Rushmore argument. I mean, you can't really discount Vince. Yeah, although you're saying Flair's the manager, would you not have Bischoff run the round there too? Mm, yeah, good show as well. Or Russo. <laughs> Russo be out going crazy with a megaphone or something. Yeah, man. Awful. Awful, awful. But, but other other Survivor Series memories that stick out to you? Um, anything else big in your um, mind when it comes to the Survivor Series? Stone Cold versus Bret Hart. That was a pretty good match. Yeah, I watched it the other day. Great, great match. Um, very, very underrated. Um, that match was excellent. Stone Cold was written off TV, Survivor Series 99. That was actually going to be a huge main event. You know, um, Triple H, Rock and Austin. It was going to be maybe the first time that them three had really kind of all went together, and then Austin hit by the car that night, and you everyone's oh, like, "Of course!" And then big oh, show. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, man. It's just when you said that, I remembered. So, yeah, it was the year after. I'm pretty sure it was Austin Triple H. It was, yeah, and Austin dropped them from like a car lift that's, type thing. That's one of my favorite. It's like 40 feet in the air and like a crane, and Triple H could have got out about eight times yeah and he swore it's one of the first times where i kind of remember like a proper swear not being bleeped out and stuff like that and um he was back and fine the next week yeah he was the car was absolutely crushed i i i'm pretty sure it was in paul's house uh watching it live and i'm like that's the coolest thing i've ever seen because (laughs) stone cold can drive any vehicle going and I'm like, he's working a crane or something here. Like, how does he do this and have time to go to the gym and wrestle, like, 300 days out of the year? But, yeah, uh, just great setup. Um, I liked, weirdly, I was a big Big Show fan Yeah. when he first came in, so I liked him winning. Pretty sure that was short. He had a match with Big Boss Man, the same show, and that was all for his dad dying and, like, Big boss man like dragging his dad through you know the coffin that yeah. whole ridiculous thing yeah. pretty sure it's around that time so he cried after and all and i'm like this is pretty cool this is nice yeah. didn't last long but it was nice to do in like short notice yeah yeah 100 um and it was it was different too you know it whenever um austin got hurt i think everyone was sort of like oh no is it just gonna be a one-on-one match triple h and the rock and they'd had a few in 1999 and they had quite a lot in 2000 as well so it was a nice little something different and it really put big show into that main event scene which led led really right into quite possibly the worst wrestlemania main event of all time um it's not it's not no you think there's worse it's a it's the worst one when i think of wrestlemania main events it comes into my head as an awful one king kong bundy versus hogan yeah it's very very true although the, the crowd was going crazy for hogan though Tigger said. Yeah. Tigger said's up there. Tigger reigns. Yeah, there's quite a few. 
This yeah. isn't about WrestleMania, Darren. It's true. It's true. You're this right. You're Summer right. Slam or Survivor Series or whatever. Summer Slam or Survivor Series. <laughs> Something or other. We're around there somewhere. Um, other other memories of Survivor Series that, that stick out in, in your head. Anything anything else that we've forgotten about? Remember, you talked about Big Show. Remember there was Big Show was um, fighting for his career and his contract and even his house against Randy Orton in 2013 with the authority. Yes, man. Um, yeah, awful. Um, Sting's debut was pretty cool. Sting's debut was excellent, really, really was. Pity about his first match and how that all went down, but his debut was brilliant. Yeah, all his matches pretty much. But um, yeah, there was a couple of. I'm kind of thinking like John Cena's bound. What well, John Cena's bound to have like a couple of good matches in there, but none really. I think he had like a triple threat with DX. Yeah, it was good. That, it was very good actually. Did that happen at Mania as well? Um, no, there was Triple H and Orton in Cena Mania, and Orton went in with the belt, and he let, he actually Orton retained, um, which right. is a very unlikely um, scenario for for champions going into WrestleMania. You usually assume a new champion every year at Mania, and Orton retained that year. Um, but yeah, there was those three. That actually match all you know started because the whole build up was like. The X like we're gonna take Cena out and then we'll just fight between ourselves. And as soon as the match started, Shawn Michaels hit Triple H with Sweet Chip Music. That's right. That's a really cool bit. Yeah. No, I was, that sort of like I said, I don't really like proper remember it, but I remember enjoying it. If that makes sense. So I'm remembering a memory. Basically. Yeah. I think there's a Cena. Um, there's there's one that Cena came back and it was it was actually quite frustrating. I th- I thought at the time because. It was right after the Jericho Shawn Michaels big crazy feud. Was that two thousand and eight where it was it was feud of the year? And yeah. Cena came back from injury and there was like two weeks before Survivor Series and won the belt off Jericho and it was kinda of like, really? He just came through one of the best feuds ever and just jobbed straight away. Yeah, such is the way of the C Nation. Yeah. And then there was the horrible booking of the C Nation in the Nexus Survivor Series match. You know, there were t- Brad Hart was in that match. <laughs> Oh God! Of course he was. Um, yeah, there's, there's loads of bad memories. <laughs> um, like, is there any sort of awful memories that you remember about it? Like the gobbledygooker was obviously one, but yeah. we didn't really remember that. It's kind of yeah, we've seen it since. <laughs> yeah, we're we're going by. I mean, the same with Taker's debut. People saying that they remember Taker's debut uh, wind me up if they're our age because. I mean, I was one and a half <laughs> when Taker <laughs> debuted, so I think you're lying. But, um, yeah, I mean, you have to say Taker's debut because you have to say it. You have to say the screw job because I hate the screw job. I want to be the only wrestling podcast that doesn't talk about it. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it's, it, there's more sort of good uh, bad moments than good, and it's a shame. There's here. Apart from the Royal Rumble, I think that Survivor Series has made more stars. That's a big shout because I was, I'm going to ask about that in one second. But in terms of Survivor Series, for me, it, for me, it's the my least favorite of the big four, and it's my least important of the big four that I care about. And with Survivor Series as well, as I said before about the gimmicky stuff, I don't mind if it makes sense. Whereas I feel a lot of stuff at Survivor Series is just sort of thrown together, just cause rather than actual proper reasoning and rational you know rational thinking behind it but perhaps i asked too much but um as you said i actually actually think that um it's sort of a big five now i would put money in the bank in there really yeah 
just for the moment. See, if you think back in the last like decade, uh, there's a lot of money in the bank matches or moments that would probably supersede like uh, Survivor Series. If it's not a big five, then it should replace Survivor Series because this is just like a who won the tag match last year? Who was in the tag match last year in Survivor Series? Do you know what I mean? I think, I think it's probably the same. It was um, it was NXT and Reigns won it for SmackDown, but I only remember that because of NXT. If you start asking yeah. me about the Raw and SmackDown matches of the year before, I remember one vaguely because Kurt Angle was in one and Triple H and Shane were in it, and I don't know who won or who was in whose team and all that stuff. I just don't remember. But That was there, a good match. But... I remember little things. I remember, and honestly, in the last five years, apart from the Lesnar matches with Styles and Daniel Bryan, my biggest memory of Survivor Series is Charlotte and Rousey. Oh yeah, where Charlotte went crazy and Rousey got booed and started. That's that's when uh, WWE broke Rousey. Yeah, it was. It really, she was really in was. she was in LA, and I'm pretty sure that's her hometown or something like that. And she was getting booed, and it's like, thank you, Charlotte. <laughs> it's like this is your big star. She's probably getting paid more than anybody but Brock Lesnar, and she's just getting booed out of the building and looking all sad. Yeah, um, loved that actually. I really like that. You know what? Um, I, I watched that the other day because it was on the WWE's best Survivor Series matches, and this sort of I played it and I disagreed with most of them on the list, and but I watched a few. <laughs> I, I watched a few of them just out of curiosity and um, it was one of the ones that came on and you know for someone from the UFC who had no real background in pro wrestling she could sell like she sold those kendo sticks like you know like a pro <laughs> I but the kendo sticks you're really getting hit with them I suppose and that's true you it's, know, it's, it's all over. So, yeah it's not so much selling it's just reacting but yeah if you watch a couple of Ronda Rousey matches back um uh, uh it wasn't great. I'm not no. like I'm not like hold my breath to bring her back. I think the star power's there, but meh. No. Not for me. No. Well you mentioned something earlier about star making show, Survivor series. Who are you referring to and why? Because that's interesting to me. Randall Keith Orton. Yeah. Randall Randall Keith. Um let me think. I mean he's like being the so I think Survivor Series is like his pay per view. Because he's been like Soul Survivor. He was the Soul Survivor in the uh, Team Austin versus Team Bischoff. That's right, yeah. He got the pin over Sean. Yep. Um, he was the Soul Survivor in like 2005, and then The Undertaker returned. Yep. Oh, no, he won the WWE title, and then The Undertaker returned. It was one of them, I don't know. Yeah. But it was when The Undertaker came out of like the flaming coffin. Do you remember that? That's right, I do, yeah. The coffin opened, and Taker just walks out, and he's all angry looking. And uh, Randy, like, he's getting held up by SmackDown. It must have been SmackDown versus Raw. He's getting held up by like the roster, and then uh, Taker comes in, cleans house. Um, so then uh, Randy Roman, obviously. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I mean, The Rock in '98, but I think actually, like I said, like Mankind was kind of the star of that show, like personality wise. You, you see when you say that '98 because I watched it the other day and. It almost it frustrated me a little bit because as much as it was the best one and the booking was good, they almost underbooked The Rock a little bit. And my point being of that, when The Rock won the title, you know, Vince gets on the mic and he's like, your new champion, your new corporate champion, The Rock. 
and then that's kind of it. And then he just starts cutting a promo on Austin, and then Austin comes out, and the McMahon's run away, and then the Rock just gets beat up and stunned. But then and, I kind of think I kind of I I get that like he is kind of I hate him buried, but he was kind of the whole pay per view he's kind of played as this sympathetic baby face because like all oh, the corporations pulling in mankind's favor and stuff like that and it's really sneaky and whatever but yeah i know what you mean there's no need but then stone cold you forget how big stone cold was man i did like, I, I said that to you on whatsapp like i always knew he was over because uh, yes. my favorite ever and my favorite time period ever but when i was watching that i think he was on the third or fourth match and the matches were good, like the crowd was invested, but when Austin came out, it was another level. Like the roof near came off every yeah. move in the match. Like when Austin was getting beat up, the boos, when Austin started, you know, getting back into it and throwing the big right hands, the crowd was just going mad. And you, you really do think, I forgot how, like how over he really was. Yeah, no, you do forget. Um, I'm trying to actually remember if Austin's had any, apart from getting ran over in the Triple H match the following year, has he really had, like, good Survivor Series and the Brett match? 96, the Brett match, but he lost, which didn't matter because you can, Brett talked about that in his book in his chapter with Austin, you can lose and get really over, which Austin did twice with Brett um, in in terms of the storytelling. I mean, he lost that one, 96, 97, was he on the team against the Hart Foundation, or was he not at that card because of his neck? It might have been the neck thing. I, I can't I remember. Ninety sevens, uh, sort of dark times. Um, yeah. It's just about to get good. I'm trying to think. What was Nine, called? Ninety eight was deadly game. Ninety nine was he was written it was Triple off. H. Two thousand. Oh, yeah. Two thousand. He beat Rikishi, I think, in a one on one match. No, because that. No, it was Triple H. It was Rikishi it was at No trips. Mercy. And then Rock and Rikishi was that Survivor Series. Yeah. 2001, he lost in the big tag match. And then 02, he was re- he was gone. He retired in 03. He was a GM. So very bad times for Austin in Survivor Series. Yeah. Now that I think about it, he's not. I'm looking up who was or what was he doing. Um. Oh, he won the uh, Intercontinental title back off Owen. Did I? Okay. In 97, nobody remembers that because of the main event. I dare yeah. you to tell me another match on 1997's Survivor Series. The only one I know is Kane and Mankind. That's the only one. Oh, yeah, because you famously were on that radio show <laughs> uh, the other no, day. So... I, Kane, when Kane debuted, he was one of my favourites. And it was his first pay-per-view match. It was Mankind. And then a second one was Vader. And then it was Taker at Mania. See, I missed Mankind. I completely blipped. I texted you while you were like answering that, and in my head, it was like when he attacked Vader with a wrench. That was but, no way out, but I yeah. always get them two mixed up, and in my head, I was like, which is it, which is it, which is it? And I just went, I'm going to go with Mankind. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, that's what Stone Cold was doing. He was getting his title back, basically, from Owen. Yeah. Um, Survivor Series, one that you probably won't like too much that match i didn't think that match was particularly good it was on wwe's best ever match in survivor series now it's surely to goodness this pay-per-view is a better matches than this but it was cena and the rock against miz and r-truth i mean it was just a an advert that does i wouldn't sort of consider that to be a match per see coming off it like 
or going into it, sorry, Miz and Truth were mad over, like really, yeah. really over. Like, um, what were they at? They were doing like the it was the Awesome Truth, yeah. and it was just the start of like Little Jimmy and stuff like that. Just before he got ridiculous, um. Yeah, that's a shame. I wouldn't say it's the best. I think it's probably one of the most star-studded. But then when you look way back, if you're going to, like, the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan, like, teamed up together in a main event, so you don't know. But, yeah. yeah it was Rock's first match. first match since, like, 2002 or since 2004, WrestleMania. Um, so I think that's why it's so memorable, more than anything it's, else, because the match itself was meh. Yeah, it's good... I don't even remember, like, well, I don't remember Miz and Artris sort of getting much in, if that makes sense, but, um, yeah, I don't really, I don't read it, but you can't really go against a crowd that's that hot for two of the biggest stars ever, you know, it's kind of, oh, I hate Cena, I hate The Rock, I'm not a massive Rock in the ring fan and whatever, so, but then when you've got, 15,000 people like proper getting into it it's like here this is good but I don't have fond memories of it let's put it that way yeah was there there was a very was it 2011 also there was a very good CM Punk match in Survivor Series was it Punk and Del Rio or or am I thinking 2012 Punk had a a good match with Del Rio don't know if it was a triple threat or um 2011 I'll I'll check it I'm on my Google machine Mm-hmm. Uh, let me just check. I think you're right because that was that, that would make sense. It might actually be the start of his title reign. You know, he won it back after the summer punk thing. Hmm. No, that's a good shout. Let me see. Yes, you're right. <laughs> uh, it was Del Rio. The match before, uh, the Cena, Rock, Miz, Truth. Yeah. You know, it... because you shouldn't have the the championship in the in the main event. That's silly. You have it in, <laughs> before an exhibition tag team match. Uh, yeah, I mean, what do you say about that? It, I always I don't like talking about Del Rio because he's an absolute scumbag. Um, but it was what it was. It wasn't a bad match. Never really liked CM Punk versus Del Rio. Um, just didn't think they clicked. But yeah, Del Rio, I hate him. <laughs> not as a wrestler. Not so much as a wrestler. I actually. There's two things I hate about uh, Del Rio. It's his finisher. Do you remember the stomp where you had to hold like the ropes to keep himself up? Vaguely. It, it was like a he did a stomp off the top, but they were hooked on the ropes. If that makes sense. So they were like holding himself up, and it would take ages to execute. And I'm like, this is awful. And. <laughs> Also, just him as a person. Google him. He's he's in massive trouble with the police. Yeah, very, very true. Um, Street Profits just won their match. I am two for two. You're two Mr. for two. Potts. The Spud Gun is firing in all cylinders, as always. When it comes to wrestling, it's in, you're always pretty close yeah. to the money. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. Anything else I'm awful at, but firing all, <laughs> all cylinders when it comes to this. Predicting wrestling. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, everybody needs their superpower. Maybe I'm the world's worst X Man. I don't know. <laughs> With one one more match to finish us off, spot on the podcast, and that's one I think we all forget about in a series of good matches between these two. 
Batista and The Undertaker Hell in a Cell match? Yeah. Yeah, it was a great match. Um, that was like probably... It was the same time as the Sean versus Jericho sort of feud. They were... It's mad to think that like just a hair they're hugging it's almost like i've sorry i'm just watching the tv while we're talking it's almost like you read the script <laughs> it's like there we go it's like here's your torch whatever but um yeah what was i saying there i was talking rubbish about uh, taker and batista and edge and not edge um jericho and Shawn michaels and it was all sort of similar time periods and yeah it's weird to think that just over a decade ago the two biggest sort of massively massively biggest or maybe it's looking back sort of hindsight's 2020 and nostalgia sort of takes you but i remember that being like a really really fun time it's like every every show has like a really good storyline going through it it's like sort of what's happened it's sort of uh indicative to how bad it is these days if that makes sense yeah um but yeah, they had a good match. They had a Hell in a Cell match. They had like a good sort of feud. It was probably second of that year if you're gonna vote. Uh, you know, you know, you know, on the Hall of Fame, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that was one where was Edge as a cameraman. No, the cameraman was. Yes, no, it was because I thought it was Sean, but Sean came up from under the ring, didn't he? He did. Yeah, that was at the Nation Chamber. Oh. Right, I'm trying to think. Yeah, it was cameraman. Sorry, it's that. It's almost like they keep doing the same stuff over and over again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because the cameraman's like it goes way back to like 1993. Sure, there was a cameraman messed up Hulk Hogan and stuff like that. But yeah. what am I talking about? I'm just rambling, man. Sorry, I'm half looking at the screen <laughs> with this amazing. Here, Billy looks great uh, with this amazing um, Survivor Series match sort of build up there's lana looking all sultry in the background sorry man right you're good batista taker amazing match i think batista gets overlooked way too much just because of how short of a time he was in but i mean if you have that long and that good of a feud with the undertaker um you're a star and he's he's great i like batista yeah like big dave myself like him on twitter doesn't hide what he thinks big legend trump doesn't like Trump, Big Dave. He's never said anything. I've never noticed him. Never said anything about him. Oh, no. Like that. no never. He, he hates him. <laughs> I know. I'm joking. <laughs> I see it all the time. <laughs> I thought you were taking him back, man. No. no uh, I'm trying to, like, just to round out, I think some of the earlier matches we don't really talk about because I remember, like, The Undertaker being, like, in an American team in, like, 1994, Lex Luger, <laughs> and he opened up his coat and it had like an American flag in it. Oh, uh, no and way. It was but it was like the Texas American flag. You know, it wasn't all 50 stars. It was that kind of circle. Yeah. Thing. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I Survivor Series is a weird one, man. Just because it should be kind of cool. Um, but it's hard to write for. Because it's hard to get four people against four people and have every storyline sort of make, make sense. Yeah, I would just like a little bit of like people going into business for themselves because who cares about Raw and SmackDown I want the belt you know stuff yes. like that I would like a little bit a bit more realism that way like I know they always do like the like even for example the women's the titles on the line tonight for not the titles on the line but the champion versus champion why not have the two champions as the 
team captain and then someone turns on them and like takes them out and tries and like maim them you know take them out for a bit because they yeah. want the title and it'll cost their team and then that person who is a heel is drawn you know the fury of the other couple of people on the team who then start feuding with them over the next couple of weeks on the weekly show before the big champ returns for the big pop and that sort of thing i just think that there could be a bit more logical writing involved with it that would actually progress the tv weekly as well I as think, just the what the brand versus brand stuff yeah i think like we said earlier like i said anyway um it, it is a wee bit lazy at the minute um just with the best of the best and smackdown v raw like who cares it could literally be the exact same matches but blue wears red and red wears blue next year you know so um I get that and when you're constantly when there's uh, a draft once a year does it really matter where you are yeah um i would so like a I little bit it, more but... a little bit more skin in the game you know what i mean like even if they yeah. sort of said whichever brand gets the most victories tonight gets an extra five in the royal rumble so raw would get 20 yeah. smackdown would get 10 or something yeah i like it i do do you know what but sometimes i do like just the if you play up to the sort of competition side of it, because I used to enjoy like it was SmackDown v Raw, and JBL and Ray would be in a team on SmackDown that would team up. I like where you're going, where the there's friction and they're constantly like at each other's throats, but that's played to death. So it just like every now and again, JBL just setting up Ray for a six one nine and actually working as a team, and then just being scumbags on your regular show. Um, so it's I think Survivor Series and Royal Rumble are probably the hardest to write for just because of how many factors you have to play into it. Yeah, but I just I just think you could do a little bit more with that. Like um, I know what you're saying as well about like you can't just keep doing the same sort of thing. Um, but on the other on the other side of it, I like the idea of there being skin in the game. Like if if someone wins it for their team, that person gets a title shot of their choosing off a title on that brand and stuff like that. I just think there should be a little bit more of a reward type thing where you can build maybe towards other pay-per-views or other things, something like that. I don't really, don't really know. I just feel like it's just like Sami Zayn versus Bobby Lashley for bragging rights for the mid-card champion of each brand. Great. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's not mentioned again. Like the whole build up to it or the three week build up to Survivor Series this year, it's kind of like, oh, this is the only time they face each other. It's like we watched Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn in 2018 for about four months. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby <laughs> uh, sisters. Yes. The Bobby sister, uh, really good. And he got vertigo from a delayed suplex and stuff like that. Um, so it's it's done the death it's too close now it's like i know i know what they're going for but they don't mention it afterwards it's yeah. not like at the royal rumble it's like remember bobby lashley got a pinfall over sammy Zayn and the survivor series it's just like it means nothing you're right there's more skin again the there needs to be more stakes yeah like they actually mentioned in the build-up they meant the bring this up earlier in the pre-show you know they were saying like oh remember drew was the one that threw roman over the top rope in the royal rumble it's like wow oh you're yeah bringing, you're, you're you're bringing stuff in from the past like i'm actually surprised um you know just little sort of nuances little sort of smaller things like that which could definitely aid in the helping of making something feel more feel more important. bigger or more important perhaps 
I also heard. Uh, I haven't been watching SmackDown or anything, but I heard in like a preview, like Roman's been calling Drew the secondary champion. Yeah, he has, and I thought that was great. I thought it was great, but is Roman not Universal Champion? Yeah, he is. <laughs> okay, I was just checking. That's okay. And the Universal Championship is about three years old, yeah. Would you would you change the name of the titles? Like, for example, the WWE Raw World Champion, WWE SmackDown World Champion, or what would you actually do? I, I personally, I'll give you my idea first. You can tell me if it's nonsense or if it might work, but I feel like you could just have a WWE champion and that champion is brand exempt and he can go wherever. And when he loses the belt, whoever takes the belt, he joins the brand of where the new champion came from, if you know what I mean, so they don't lose a person. I get what you mean. Um, I think it's hard just because, I mean, even in the draft, they were given Raw more picks just because they're a longer show and stuff. And if, say, Brock Lesnar comes back, just neither show's going to have a world champion for, like, weeks at a time. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't change the name. I mean, I don't like Universal Champion, because what does that mean? Like, yeah. really? I actually, um, I actually like just WWE Champion and then the World Heavyweight. And I like that. Yeah. And, I liked, and I like the fact they had the old belt as well. Yeah, the big gold. Yeah. I don't like... I don't like the sound of like I mean they're basically doing it because it's blue and red but I don't like Smackdown world champion like who cares like I think you need to keep it away from brand sort of loyal because it'll end up being like the tag team championships where they just hand it over to each other Yeah. because you know what happens if the raw champion gets drafted and stuff like that but yeah I know what you mean it's just kind of meh but it's not a secondary championship. Would you rather be Universal Champion or WWE? Yeah, I know. You're going WWE all day. I think it was yeah. more just to try and sell the fight, as if to say, because I hold this belt, this belt's more important. Um, which which I liked. I liked that sort of, like, my title's better than your title type thing. Um, I get that. I do get that, but I just don't see the logic behind it. But, yeah... I, I love the Hurt Business, by the way. We're still watching this live. I'm pretty yep. sure you are still. Yep, we um, are. I, I enjoy the, oh, I, I like the Hurt Business. Sammy's saying just give the finger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he just give the finger to, like, the Hurt Business. I'm not 100%, but the Hurt Business are stars. Look at them. Yeah. They're cool. They are cool. I want to hang about with these guys. It's like... Yeah to close this i don't know yeah <laughs> absolutely agree we'll we'll see if our how our predictions come along but i'm a huge i love their business as well they're great i don't know if they're heads i don't know if they're faces i think they're just like they do whatever they want and i think that's actually fine sometimes you don't have to be a healer or face but um kenny omega man you know he's not a healer or face no nah, he's a cleaner he's a, a janitor he's as they would superstar. say superstar <laughs> did you hear that i know i'm going off topic as usual but like dave Uncle Dave said that he's not a halo or a face, he's a superstar. No, I didn't hear that. I just seen him arguing all week about, you know, um, because Jim Cornette and Brian Last. Well, Brian Last didn't actually say it. Jim Cornette said that uh, the voting might have been rigged. Or yes. Dave's asked... Well, it was a joke. Yeah, yeah, he's at, or maybe he's asked a certain number of people, specific people, to vote on this category, knowing that Omega would get in or whatever. But Dave's took it very, very thick. And I've seen him going, no, anyone with, with common sense... <laughs> Would uh you know um you know you know uh, vote uh you know Kenny in you know um it's basically 
I mean, I I've only watched like a very limited. I basically I, I watched the Impact or not Impact? Jeez, TNA <laughs> Impact? No. <laughs> Sorry, who, who was on it? Was it Kurt Angle and Smojo? <laughs> it was Smojo, yeah, it's straight 2009, man. But um, no, it was Dynamite. It was the one that I made you watch. Yeah. Whatever. It's it's the best thing that's ever happened in wrestling. But um, Kenny Omega's a heel. No, see if you watch it, he is a heel. He's getting like a big introduction, like intro at the minute. Yeah. And it's like he is the number one. He's in the wrestling observer hall of fame and stuff like that and dave's going he's not a hill there is no such thing as hills anymore it's like what are you talking about dave <laughs> so there is no faces there is no hills man sammy yeah. Zayn is a face or a hill he's neither well, and both all at the same time <laughs> <laughs> sammy Zayn's brilliant is what he is <laughs> sammy Zayn is go cool. oh he's got here i might be just watching this live i tapped i'm out at did you pick Sami Zayn? No, oh, I did. We both picked Zayn. I went first. And I said Zayn, you just went Zayn. Um, but here's an unexpected victory for Big Bobby. Big Bobby Lash. Um, big man. Booked as he should be booked. As Dominant. Big, strong. Like Big Bobby. Big Bobby should get a good run the Royal Rumble. Big Bob. I like Bobby. I do too. Provided he's away from a microphone. I like Bobby Lashley. <laughs> and his sister. <laughs> and his sisters well Spud has been an absolute pleasure on that note on that crazy note of (laughs) maniacal maniac Dave and Bobby Big Bobby and his sisters we'll wrap this this podcast up Um, we do have to make mention of course of the greatest segment AEW history and possibly pro wrestling history at least of the last 10 years on AEW Dynamite the Cody Rhodes promo with everything that could be everything happening in it and quite possibly the greatest promo and moment of Brandy Rhodes' life apart from possibly getting married um, was in that no, segment. No, no, it's it. This is better than getting married. <laughs> the Brandy Rhodes promo is worth watching. Uh, it's my favourite moment of this year. It's <laughs> <laughs> a horrible year, but Brandy Rhodes' promo in AEW Dynamite. Already, yeah. Tops not even just wrestling. I mean, it's been a horrible year, just all in, but um, not even just wrestling. That is a fantastic segment. See the 10 minutes of Dynamite? It's well worth watching Jericho like sing awfully and stuff like that for months. Yeah. Just for the, yeah. that. Ro- yeah. Roman's got a new t-shirt every pay-per-view. Uh, t- here, wait for the advert. It'll probably be half price for tonight only. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> until until tomorrow, I'll be just be buy one get one free. It's like tonight only on Raw. <laughs> tonight on Survivor Series, it's half price. Tomorrow on Raw, it's buy one get one free. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> just like regurgitating ads. You gonna but, watch the wrestlers after we're done? I might do. I know the missus is patiently waiting for me upstairs, so. We will nice. wait and see. I'm, I might be watching. <laughs> I might be watching the test of this on mute. <laughs> nice, mate. I'll let you go. <laughs> on, on, on that note. On that note, Spud, it has been my absolute pleasure. And for our Twitter fans, as always, where can the tweeting Twitter followers find Spud? 
All my millions and millions of uh, Twitter followers can find me on Spud one Instagram is Spud. You can see what comics I'm reading there. Well, all the dozens and dozens <laughs> of my fans can find me online, Twitter, Instagram, at the Potscast. And you can give us some abuse, you can give us some feedback, you can mock our predictions, which, well, my predictions, Spud's usually spot on um, there. But Spud, my absolute pleasure as always. And uh, until next time, yeah, all the man. best. Love you. Bye-bye. Goodbye, my friend. Thank you for listening to the podcast with me, your host, Darren. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the podcast. Thanks for your time. Stay safe and tune in next time.